It's simple. But this isn't like the other episodes of Reasonable Wrestling. This is the 100th episode. And if you heard that, that's me slamming down a shot of beer. Because there's no alcohol. There's no alcohol. Where are the freaking horns on this bitch? Oh. This is the 100th episode. We got to turn this shit up. Hold man. on. Hold on, man. Hold on. That's... <laughs> Is, if, if horns is what you want, horns is what you get, man. But I got some, I got some bombs that I got some, you know what I mean? Uh, we got some bombs, let's go. After episode yeah, 100, man. guys. If you don't know, now you know, we're wrestling podcast on both sides, Chitty Fang. Man, it's been a pleasure doing this podcast with you, bro. 100 episodes strong. Yo, 100 episode, uh, two years strong. This is our two-year anniversary, May twenty-seventh. Uh, this shit is this this. We came a we came a long way from just two niggas that wanted to talk wrestling, and it's crazy how like we like we established the network off of us wanting to be black in media in wrestling, and not knowing that this community was wide as fuck. You feel me, like? It's super wide, and we had no idea, you know. Like, I remember, you know, before I met you, like, I saw all the publications Wrestle Talk, Cultaholic, you know, you got um, the other one. I don't know, but you know, they're, everybody's <laughs> white, pretty, you know, everybody's white, and they talk in wrestling, and, and, and I just never saw like black presidents in the media sphere, and I had this vision of like, Stephen A. Smith, you know, uh, Skip Bayless at the time, you know, kind of first take dynamic where people are, you know, debating wrestling because I noticed that there's a big divide on what we're seeing and opinions of the fans and some people have different opinions. Some people like New Japan, some people like TNA, some people like WWE and everybody has their own flavor of what they want in wrestling. And I I wanted to create that dynamic, but I also wanted to bring a black presence to it um, over the, and then you know we met, and um, I believe uh, homie from what show was what, what was that podcast that you listened to that pissed you off? Oh, um, uh, uh, it was a in this corner podcast with uh, Brian Campbell. It was yeah. Brian Campbell, Nick Costas, and uh, and uh, Adam Silverstein. And yeah. I, I still remember because I went back and listened to our very first episode. And if y'all, if y'all, if y'all do us a favor, man, and I, I guess, I guess we should have introduced ourselves, but fuck it, it's two years. Y'all know what it is, man. It's, it's reasonable wrestling. Y'all know where to find us. Y'all know where to follow us. Y'all know where we at. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheese. Fuck all that. Fuck yeah, all that. that. What I was gonna say was, <laughs> what I was gonna say was, I went back and listened to episode one. And if y'all listen to episode one and listen to episode, I guess you know, hundred where we're at now, you can kind of see how exactly where we wanted to be off of where I was at mentally from where I was. <laughs> Bruh, 
I was driving home from work, and that nigga said to save Roman Reigns, Hulk Hogan needed to come out and say, "Let me tell you something, brother." And I'm like, "Oh, get this shit!" Like, I, it wasn't a, I wasn't I wasn't in that wrestling sphere to know that it was a lot of wrestling podcasts that I can dip into. But yeah. I was tired of fucking hearing other people's opinions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I wanted to fucking give my own. Like, and I, as you say, you see First Take and you see these these shows with their personality and, and opinion driven. And you're like, well, fuck, I can do that. You know what I mean? Especially when you talk about wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's the thing that I, I probably know more than anything, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and fortunately, because I love wrestling. You know, I mean, it just heart, it's just heartbreaking sometimes to... You know, we're all, you know, Marks, you know, at heart. But, you know, to be also, a, uh, you know, building a network through this and you, know, you got a ton of other podcasts out there and to, to, to see that it's not just us. You know, there are other black podcasts out there. There are other black influencers in the wrestling atmosphere. You know, shout out to Josiah. What he did to make it to NXT is inspirational to us, you know. Um, shout out to all the other wrestling podcasts, the A-Show, the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast, the, you know, Dad Girls Podcast, those wrestling girls, they all uh, contribute to this, you know, kind of environment where we we just have fun talking wrestling. And what I, what I noticed about those individuals in particular it's not all toxic. It's just like just talking shit and just giving our opinions. Exactly. Um, about, you know, what we see. Because niggas going to give opinions. Niggas going to talk shit. Niggas going to get these jokes off. But it ain't that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you're paying attention to um, uh, wrestling Twitter as toxic as it may be. But it's this wrestling. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Wrestle Rap, too. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Wrestle Rap. Vinny and Emilio Sparks been holding it down for a damn near... I think almost a nickel right now is talking uh-huh. about years and shit like that. Um, but it's this wrestling podcast. This dude was talking hella shit about the women wrestlers being super disgusting with it. You know what I mean? Like, just he- hella arrogant, hella ignorant. And and uh, and he got called out for his shit. Um, Alexa Bliss actually called him out for his shit. And he got doxxed. You know what I mean? And niggas was oh. niggas was calling his mama crib and shit like that. You feel me? And my thing is like, don't get your mama house called over wrestling, my nigga. You feel me? Like, <laughs> don't don't be don't be don't be that nigga to get your mama harassed over wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, if his mom is getting harassed over wrestling, that means that he fits the wrestling stereotype of dude in the basement in his mama's crib, and that's just a sad thing. <laughs> You know, these no pussy having, no pussy getting niggas who feel like they have the audacity to just talk shit online, whether it be about women or whether it be about other people, you gotta understand. Like, God, can't, I mean, listen, I know we're guilty of it too. We take this shit sometimes too seriously. But when it comes to harassment, I think we talked about this with Vin um, this past weekend. Come on, like, that's, it's, and this is not what we promote, you know, you know, this is not what we do here. You know, I mean, I can't talk about wrestling Twitter and other, other people, but I know that. What we build here is wrestling is to promote those people who have yet, who are not toxic and who are not promoting that negativity. We're not. You broke up. Oh, I broke up. My yeah. bad. I'll just say, basically, what I'm trying to get at is, we don't do here. What we do here with wrestling is, is is not some toxic shit. You know, we we are two two bros who yes, we do may take wrestling a tad bit serious. We are, we're very serious about our wrestling. We watch it every week. Uh, we're committed to it. We're addicted to it. Whatever we want to say. Um, but we try to 
approach it from a reasonable aspect. Now, at the end of the day, your opinions may differ from ours. We all have different takes. Wrestling can be very subjective, but um, we di- we're not here to harm anybody. We're here to promote who we are. We're here to tell you what we like, and we're here to you know support everybody that's black. And that's you know, so, I think, and I think you, yo I think you just summed us up in the best possible way ever. You know what I mean? Like we are just two niggas that watch wrestling. We gonna get these jokes off, and we and and and, and we gonna pro, and we gonna root for everybody that's black. Now, with that being yeah. said, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with that being said. We have our first ever, right? I think, you know, you're a Niger, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you had your first Nigerian-born WWE champion crowned on Monday Night Raw and Apollo Crews. So, we got to definitely big that shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Congratulations on becoming the first ever Nigerian United States champion. Holla at your boy, man. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, shout out to Paul Cruz. Honestly, um, and, and when we talk about rooting for everybody who's black, because we we live vicariously through these guys, man. Like, I wish I was a wrestler, man. I wish I could do some of the shit they do. Um, but seeing, you know, like when we saw Kofi last year, and then seeing Apollo this year, win his first WWE championship, um, after all the hard work he puts, he puts in, um, it just... It's just, I'm really happy for him, man. It, it was great to see. Him and Andrade had a great match. You know, I'm a huge Andrade fan. But I want to see more of them. You know, I'm curious to see where that goes as well. Um, but, yeah, as you said, we, we, we representation matters. You know, representation matters. And not just in wrestling, and in the world. You know, if it's in sports, if in any facet, if you're making a TV show, anything creative, uh, rep- politics even. Like, you know, representation matters, you know. We see today what happened with George Floyd um, at Tragic killing, uh, murder by cops, and and, and, and and it pains me because it's, I think that we, we get caught up in stereotypes, we get caught up in stigmatization to the point where we can't see somebody as a human being, yeah. you know, um, so uh, when, it, when it comes to Twitter trolls, when it comes to just, you know, life on these streets, we want to support representation in every facet, not just for black people, but all peoples of all races. What you just said matters, you know what I mean? And I think that's why we kind of did what we did, you know what I mean? Like two years ago, we did not know that there was an A-show or a Black Guys, uh, Black Guys uh, Wrestling Podcast or a Black Announce Table or DDT Girls or uh, 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 Deadass Girls or... Those girls, like, we didn't know that there was a, a fucking plethora of black people in this space. You feel me? And that's just due to our own ignorance. You know what I mean? Or that's also due to us not getting the spot. That's also to us not I, being able to yeah, be being, I, being I exposed. Think I, I also think that it just started to bubble. Like, I just think that, it, like, you know, we just saw Wally Mania last year. You know, that was the first time I felt like there was a space for, like, real black wrestling fans, you know, and shout out to Wale and what he's doing. I wish we could have been there this year. Obviously, due to circumstances, we couldn't. Uh, hopefully next year, it's going to be bigger than ever. Uh, but yeah, like, that's what you're, we're talking about here, you know, type of representation. We think that that's because it's just starting to be recognized on social media and abroad that, hey, this 
wrestling thing is not just for Caucasians. Even though there's always been black fans, there's always been fans of all types of races, it's global. But it's like, it still was like a good old boys kind of thing. I'm going to be honest. It seems like it, you know, like we just saw, you know, Undertaker, like you mentioned on his on his um, documentary, you know, he's wearing, wearing the Blue Lives Matter shit, you know, and it's not, and obviously that's Mark Calloway, that's not The Undertaker, but I think the general East um, concept, like kind of vibe of wrestling throughout the lineage of it has been, you know, uh, predominantly Caucasian influenced. But my, my my thing with that is is that even if it's Caucasianly influenced, I think what 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 my argument and that's why I think our dynamic works good on the show is because even though we have we have similar mindsets, we have different ways of viewing it, right? So with you saying with you saying uh, about Mark Calloway, the the rhetoric of Blue Lives Matter is dangerous. You know what I mean? And if Mark Calloway was conscious enough, he would not support it. I, if, if, bro, you can be white. We don't know that, though. But I'm, I'm, we, we don't know what. We don't know if he would support it or not, even if he knew the Reddit was detected. Oh, I mean, well, I mean. If, if you I'm, don't know. Well, I'm, I'm making a statement to save face for the fact that Blue Lives Matter is, it is what it is now. You know what I mean? And I was just saying that if you white and you want to support your 2A and you know what I mean? You want to support the cops, but you also have to know that men are losing their lives due to senseless murder. You you, you kind of have to be able to differentiate that. You know what I mean? And I think it's difficult and dangerous when you have prominent white males in a prominent white profession who, and, and, and we're going back and forth with it, but wrestling and the world kind of mirror each other, right? Because... What you see in wrestling is what you see in the world, right? In 1997, we had DOA, we had Nation of Domination, we had uh, 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 Los Bariquas, and then we had a fucking apartheid South African uh, militia. And you go back and you look at the times in fucking 1997, you see what was going on in the world. It just the, the Kogar, Kogar and and uh, Kruger and uh, and that that was that was an apartheid South Africa. Kurgan, Kurgan, yeah, Kurgan, Kurgan. Wait, I thought that was the oddities. I thought they were like all misfits. No, or something. before they were that, nigga, they came in with the <laughs> green cargo pants and the berets and shit, nigga. Like a like a fuck oh, like okay. yeah. Yeah, man. So, like, but I'm just saying. I just said people be on to some shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, wrestling, I got shout out to shout out to Black Guys Wrestling for for putting me onto that too. But what I'm saying is, is that, yeah, that. what I'm saying is representation in the world matters. You know what I mean? If if the world doesn't view black people a certain way, then wrestling slash business isn't gonna show black people in a certain way except those anomalies and yeah. then you look at it to where where you see black people aren't considered as uh 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 regular human beings when you see senseless murders happening on normal arrests mind you we got a whole bunch of people walking in fucking a government building with military weapons protesting the quarantine and this is this is weeks apart, you know. Like you know, it's not 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 like it's like 
we saw you know people protesting with guns at a Capitol building like years ago, and then we see this week you know with George Floyd's um, protest, you know people throwing tear gas and shit. No, this is weeks apart. Like a week goes by. There's one protest where it's very done, done peacefully. All, all white guys with guns protesting at a Capitol building. They're not getting touched because obviously we're talking about wrestling here, but that speaks to what we're talking about when representation matter, you know? Uh, and then we have George, obviously you got George Floyd's um, murder and there's not just that, you know, there's Ahmaud Arbery, you know, it, he got chased down, you know, so there's a lot going on right now. And when you say that, rep, um, that wrestling mirrors life, you're right. And, and I just hope that it can mirror that these conversations can be not ignored, you know, by the wrestling uh, community. I'm going to be honest. I want wrestlers to speak up. I would like wrestlers to speak up about this kind of stuff. Uh, I, and I don't care if you're white, black, uh, Spanish, whatever. If you see something wrong, that's why I fuck with Sami Zayn. I mean, shout out to Sami Zayn. Yeah. He always, you know, speaks up when stuff like this happens. And he uses his platform. Um, I know shout it's controversial, Kevin, but... Kevin, so, o, Kevin Owens as well. Kevin Owens, shout out to La- Kevin Owens. Lance you know. Storm was doing it today. Like, like you, like at the end of the day, bro, when, when, when like, enough is enough. You feel me? And I think that was with yeah. <laughs> and correlating with the Kofi situation, right? And black and wrestling. Like, when fans get behind a black guy and we ha- did not have faith that Kofi was going to win. You know what I mean? Even though you personally felt like he deserved it. You know what I mean? We were just like, they're going to pull the rug up under us. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes your deniability... It proves that enough is enough. You know what I mean? Like, Kofi was over to say that. Um, you know, the, the acts of social... Yeah, I'll, I'll go to my grave saying that Kofi deserved it. I'll go to my grave saying that Kofi uh, was, you know, uh, there's no reason... If you want to say this is a, you know, a consolation prize, then there's no reason why Kofi shouldn't have had the title years ago. You know, and, and that, if you're looking at it as... Uh, I don't know everything is money and everything is business, but if you're looking at it as... A, uh, the consolation prize of the title, then you know, then there's no reason why Kofi could have been champion years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that happened though. Like we finally got there. You know, wow. We finally got a, you know a black WWE champion, and it does matter. These small things do matter. I, I brought. I mean, well, that I, I'm not gonna. I, I know you can quote unquote go to your grave with that, but. I will say not years ago. I think the story does matter to where the eleven-year journey kind of made it. If Kobe, if Kobe, if Kobe wins the champion five years, if Kobe wins the championship five years ago, like I, it doesn't mean as much. Like, it you're right. You're right. So, so now, what I mean by years ago, I mean that he's put in the work. You look, you're looking at it as a constellation prize. You put that work in, but it's not. Done that way, I get it. Well, in in correlation to in correlation to uh, to 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 that, what you're saying is is that you know when you have wrestlers speak up, you know not just on hey this guy deserves to win or you know when you have people champion, you know if you go back and watch WrestleMania, you see the the fan you know the other wrestlers cheering on Kofi, you know what I mean. That's what's needed when these kind of situations come awry. You know what I mean? When you have Alexa Bliss getting bullied, uh, you know what I mean? When you have uh, black social uh, injustices happen, I think enough is enough to where you where, where you see a pivot is what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, 
Kofi winning is a pivot. Now we got Keith Lee, we got Street Profits, you know, Velveteen Dream was champion. Bianca's going to be champion. champion. Apollo's now champion. Bobby's about to be in the championship. Uh, um, um, You know, feud. Naomi's been champion. So we, it's it's now presented in a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he definitely shattered the ceiling. Exactly. I think that we'll see. I don't think it will take another. You know, I mean, how long was it? Fifty, forty years? I don't know how long WWE been around, but they ever had a WWE champion. Uh, well, The Rock. I mean, I can't, I can't say, but since The Rock, you know, that's a long time even uh, to have a black WWE champion. So, I mean, I don't think it's gonna be that long. And shit, not just in, people like, and not just in WWE. Look at all around, all the way around wrestling. Like, how many world champions are black world champions have been ROA? I mean, RH. You know what I mean? How many black champions? Uh, you know. Uh, I know we got Bobby has been a black champion TNA, um, you know, but how many other can I name off top? MVP, right? There's a TNA world champion in TNAs, um, but, you know, but we're recycling names here. You feel me? It, uh, black wrestlings, yeah, yeah, black, black wrestlings did a two, but black wrestlings did 250 black wrestlers, you know what I mean? Outside of the names that we're recycling. You feel me? So I think it's it. I think Kofi shattered shattered the glass ceiling. Now I think it's time for niggas to run through those fucking run through those roofs and shit. Yeah, and, and speaking of the black wrestlers uh, list, there's a lot of black wrestlers right now on the Indies that need to take a look at. I mean, I think we talked about time about how he needs to get a contract with WWE, TNA, or AEW. Uh, I want to shout out Faye Jackson. Faye Jackson is a is a a, a character. She has she's a, a presence. Real, she's a presence, uh, just dog. Just her as a seller. Huh? She's a presence. Exactly. She needs to be, whoever picks her up is going to get a, a diamond in the rough. Because, I mean, I'm not sure why she's not on my television screen already. After, you know, so uh, there's a lot of black wrestlers that I think are being overlooked. And I think hopefully that can be, uh, the ties can certainly change over time to where it's not um, next to the case. So, you know, and, you know, shout out to Mark Henry getting some black wrestlers. I do want to give him props for getting, you know, Apollo said he, he was got he got in there because of Mark. Uh, Mark helped him get a, get, a, get a look. And then also Bianca got a look from Mark. I think Mark even got in other wrestlers that aren't black. He got in Braun Strowman, I believe. So um, Mark does his part. So I know he has his controversies that we've had in our disagreements with how Mark approaches, you know, the younger uh, generation of wrestling. But, hey, you know, everybody has their place. You know, everybody has their opinions and everybody has their stake. I just wanted to be common discourse on all these topics, taboo or not taboo, race or non-race. And I want reasonable wrestling to be the place where we can do that. You know, um, no matter what the conversation is, let's have a reasonable conversation, have a, a, a conversation of nuance about whatever's going on in the, in the business. And I think that is why, I mean, if you get the name, then you get where we're coming from. You know what I mean? It is reasonable wrestling and i think that this this conversation embody what we are you feel me like that you know what i mean like that this is what we wanted we wanted to see ourselves grow we wanted to see the growth of other uh black wrestling podcasts uh we also wanted to uh um you know we we also wanted to see the growth of black wrestlers and black culture in this space we see we got wrestling with stereotypes, you know, during our time of being, uh, you know, um, a podcast and seeing that and shit like that. And it's, it's good. It's a, it's a great place to be in, man. And now to know that podcasts are, are, are lucrative, 
and you can make money off of it. And, you know, you just got to continue uh -huh. to build your brand and, and keep doing it. Uh, I can't wait to do another 100 episodes, man. Oh, me too, man. Me too, man. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been it's been a great ride. We've had some great moments. We've, you know, our, our first interview with Matt Riddle. And I see you watch him in the back. Shout out to Matt Riddle. Uh, you know, he was our first. I know he, he's our first superstar, but we got shout out to Alex Greenfield. He was Alex our very Greenfield was our first very interview. first interview. Let me not. Let me. Let me not. Yeah. Uh, bypass Alex Greenfield. Um, um, but yeah, and we had a, you know, we went to Wale Mania. We've had a lot of cool moments. Definitely want to maybe bring some of that stuff back up and show y'all what we, we've been around. You know, we've been moving, making moves on the low. NXT takeovers, NXT full sales, you know, halftime heats. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we've, you we've, know. We've, we've, we've been there. We've, we, you know. we've been around, you know. Uh, ROH New Japan and New York, you know, um, Supercard. We've been around, you know, and we've been coming to this podcast to, you know, tell, tell you our takes. And I hope you guys join us on the ride for the next 100 episodes, man. Um, it's been, yeah, I, I'm ready to, to take it to the next level. You know, keep, keep uh, spreading the conversation, you know, having more discourse. And with that being said, man, we, um, you know, reflecting on some of the memories that we've had over the past two years uh i remember we did a whole year straight i think i heard we did a whole year straight 52 weeks straight um which was a, which, which was which was consecutive which was a which was a, a, a milestone for us like you said we got alice green for our first interview we've uh done the bro cave with matt riddle uh shout out to riddle i think he might be moving up to smackdown which would be a great fucking look for him Oh, yes. Uh, yes. You know, shout out to Desmond Xavier, our fucking rascal. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, You know, the homie Des, we've had him on the pod. Uh, we mentioned Vin from Russell Rap. Shout out to Amelia. We got to get you on. Shout out to Cass. Congratulations on getting married, my man, or popping a question. You know what I mean? Yes. So he might be stuck. Shout stopping. out to the Swerve when he podcasts. Yeah. Huh? And Swerve. And, and oh, TV. yeah. Yo, shout them. out to TZ and Swerve. Yo, they be getting the gits, my guy. Like fucking uh -huh. swerve and swerve be getting the fucking gits, dog. <laughs> Cole, Cesaro, yeah. Kofi, my nigga. Like those are heavy hitters, my nigga. So, um, yeah, we we done we done work with Swerve City Podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, did they did they video did they video shoot? Um, to I'm the man. Go check that out. Download, stream their album. You know what I mean? Um, we've been, you know, we've, we've done some things, but I think this interview that we're going to post on the back end of this is our biggest thing we've done to date. You know what I mean? It's, it's something that we kind of, we, 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 we sought out to get, we, we worked uh -huh. hard, we presented ourselves, we maintained good relationships and we fucking ended up getting it. And, you know, it. Not to the best circumstances, but it was the best circumstances we could have had. It was COVID. Niggas wasn't even supposed to be out the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 shout out to the legend Eddie Kingston for housing us. Um, you know, yes. um, big shout out to Low Key. Um, you know what I mean? But those aren't the guys we got on the podcast. You know what I mean? That ain't the that ain't the episode. You know what I mean? We got yes. Got the king of ghetto strong stuff. You have, if you know our characters that we used to do, we got the king of ghetto strong style. 
on the Yards and Years Wrestling Podcast. The most ballinest player, you know, the most ballinest player. Most player, if you guys haven't, if you guys don't know already, MVP, Montel Vontavious Porter. And we have an interview coming up um, for you tonight. Uh, but before we get to that, I know you um, want to shout out um, Collar Elbows and Collar Elbow. Yes. Um, for their t-shirts yes, they're, they're yes, doing for Shag Ass Yes, yes. Um, so what we're going to do in the description in the link, uh, in the description we're going to post the link to uh, Shaz Gaspar's um, Collar and Elbow um, t-shirt where uh, 100% of the proceeds... Uh, go directly to Shad's family. Uh, we know, uh, you know, speaking of the Kofi moment, speaking of black culture, uh, the one of the biggest moments outside of Kofi being hoisted up on Big E and, 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 and Xavier Wood's shoulders was Shad's and MVP's moment of shedding tears, um, knowing how important that moment was, um, you know, um, and, 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 um, we know we know how close that they were, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna do our part. Both of us uh, bought a shirt, um, you know what I mean. Doing our part, and and by us plugging MVP during this time, uh, we're gonna honor uh, what we would feel is right and put the link in for for everybody who listens to the show. If you haven't got the shirt already, go ahead and get the shirt. If you don't want the shirt, donate. Um, but just keep. Uh, Shad, um, Shad's family uh, in your prayers. Yes, um, rest in peace, Shad. Uh, the way that he went out is the way I think any father would want to go out. Um, but I want to say my condolences to his family and um, thank you to Colin Erbel for doing such a gesture. Guys, go cop the shirt um, and support. Without further ado, man, here is our capsule to our 100 episode reason of wrestling mvp in the vip room thank you guys for listening deuces yo 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 welcome everybody to an exclusive reasonable wrestling we are here in uh well you see where we're at <laughs> we're with mvp the most valuable player where are we she don't even know. He doesn't even know. I mean, parts unknown, man, because quarantine, <laughs> social distancing. Yeah, we are not social distancing right now. Hold on, we matter of fact, you, you know, matter of fact, before you know, I mean, to 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 make sure I appease <laughs> the woman. Yeah, yeah. Put your, put your mask on. Don't get me sick. Welcome to Reasonable Wrestling. <laughs> um, this is I, the Most High. Special COVID edition. With, with my <laughs> with my tag team partner CT, aka Chitty Bang, and we are here bringing you an exclusive uh, Reasonable Wrestling interview. We're here with MVP. Uh, first off, thank you so much for joining us, taking thank the time you. out. Um, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing exceptionally well, man. So it's a good time to be MVP right now, so <laughs> I'm all right. Um, well, first off, um, I, I think a lot of us who are fans of yours were super excited for your Royal Rumble return. Uh, <laughs> kind of how did that come about? Um, you know, how long did it take to get ready? When did you get the call? Like, how, how, did, that, how, how did that work when you, when you got that call? Um, that... That process was all uh, pretty cool. I reached out to uh, 
one of the higher ups at WWE because there was a discussion in the past about me being a guest but this time you know as you know I'm a father now <laughs> and my you know being a father changes your whole perspective on life thank you my son's five and right now the things that concern him more than anything else in the world professional wrestling Ninjas, samurais, and kaiju. That's what he's about right now. So that's definitely my kid. But um, with his sudden interest in wrestling, and I remember one day he walked up and he asked me the, the, the question no dad ever wants to hear from his son. He looks at me and he goes, Dad, do you know John Cena? <laughs> And I was like, wow, how do you know John Cena? He's from WW Wrestling. Like, what do you... So, apparently his, uh, I'm guessing his uncles and, you know, people on his mom's side have been showing him stuff. But from that, you know, I decided, all right, well, I'm going to spend some time with him. And I started showing him some videos. And um, I brought him back when I was going down wrestling in Mexico for, uh, for Del Rio, a Patron. Nacion Lucha. I brought back a La Parker mask. Oh, okay. A little, a, okay. You know, a little kid La Parker mask. Yeah, and yeah. I gave it to my son. And somehow, you know, these little kids are wizards now. You know, they get on the, the iPad. Yeah. And we, so he tells me, Daddy, my favorite wrestler is La Parker. And I remember, like, all right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, um, but you know, little by little, like, you know, all of a sudden he's actually like naming wrestlers. And I see he's watching it now and he's into it. And his mom's sending me videos of him, you know, doing flips and, you know, beating up pillows and, you know, uh, mimicking my entrance. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, he's at the point now where he understands that, you know, what WWE is. And I had taken him to see me wrestle a few times on, you know, the indies. Um,. ROH did a big show in Houston, and I came in as Kenny King's guest tag team partner. Yeah, shout out to Kenny King. BBC. And, uh, <laughs> little brother shout Kenny. He, uh, so we worked that out, and I had arranged for my son to, to come with his cousins and his uncle. So he finally got to see Daddy, like, wrestling. And it was, they, they had a big house. They had, like, 7,800. So, you know, it was a huge surprise. And uh, the reception that I got from that, that ROH crowd in Houston, like the, the MVP chant, was so humbling. But my son was there. Yeah. And he got to see, like, you know, hear everybody chanting MVP. And it was cool because Kenny comes up, you know, we, we, uh, we went up in the match. And I'm over there and I give him a hug. And Kenny comes up and Kenny goes, I see you, Cam. I see you. And Ken, my son's name is Cam. And he stands up on the chair and he, Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Wakanda forever. So, um, so on the heels of that, and just you know, seeing my son's interest in wrestling, I reached out to to the higher ups that you know, and told them that I'd be interested in being a surprise entrant and entry into the Royal Rumble if, if they were interested, and apparently they were. So they they reached out and we came to terms. And for me, it was for my son. Okay. I just wanted for my son to be able to see Daddy on WWE wrestling. You know, just that's such a, and how like how is it being back? You know, wrestling like Rey Mysterio again. Does it feel like it's a flashback 
to like the old days or, or is it surreal to be back and you know uh, being in the WWE again because I was like we said we popped we completely popped seeing you in the Royal Rumble we didn't expect it and it was a moment for us so how was it for you on the other end like going through it all and being back where you yeah when you, when, they, when you go through the curtains and then I'm coming yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah me like that well again like I said man and you, you can relate but like all of this was motivated by my son so I'm, I was in a completely different mindset. Okay. I'm, I wasn't coming back where it's like yeah. MVP, my moment, my glory. I'm thinking, man, how's my son gonna react to this? Yeah. Like, you know, here's this, you know. So, you know, getting back, you know, coming to the building and you know being brought in and you know seeing everybody and oh man, you know, you're back. And I'm, like, I'm just back for the Rumble. Is he excited to see his dad in the ring? Like, you know, oh, man. on TV. Was, you know, like his first WWE event was the Royal Rumble. Okay. Wow. That's, first that's a good one. That's a good one. And, and that's floor, floor seats, like okay. he's right there, okay. you know. And my son, by this point, never been jealous of a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, at that point, he had progressed to Rey Mysterio uh, being his favorite wrestler. Okay. And uh, he would, man, he would do, uh, you know, the Rey Mysterio style splash, and all of a sudden he's doing, hey, "Daddy, Daddy, I'm gonna do the West Coast pop on you," and you know, jump. So Rey Mysterio had become his favorite wrestler. Rey Mysterio was a very close friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, as cool as it was, you know, my son had been telling me for some time, like, hey, Daddy. He said it just like this. He goes, um, Daddy, I'm going to need a Rey Mysterio mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna need it. <laughs> you gonna, you, I said, really, you're going to need it? Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> he said, yeah, Daddy, I'm going to need it. I said, okay, well, let me, let, me, let me see what I can do about it. I'm going to call Rey Mysterio. So... Ray, Ray was doing some uh, promotional stuff with Kane, and I hit Ray up, and I said, hey, man, you got your mask with you? Can you uh, call out my son real quick? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, give me a minute. I'm doing something. You know. So he was in a, in a limo, and I see the call, and I look at my son, and I'm like, hey, it's for you. <laughs> and I answer it, and there's Ray. He's like, hey, Camden, what's up, bro? And my son's just looking, and he's looking at me. <laughs> he's like, daddy... Daddy, is that Rey Mysterio? And Candy's like, yeah, it's Rey Mysterio. What's up? All that talking, you know, and all of a sudden the cat had his tongue. You know, he oh. was, so then he started <laughs> talking to Ray for a little bit. So, you know, to, to go to the Royal Rumble, get the reception that I did, get in there, have my moment with Brock, and then bounce out, and then go to the back. My son saw the show. He comes in the back, and there's Rey Mysterio. With a mask. So they had a moment together. He gave him a mask. And the next night, I they asked me, hey, man, can you come to San Antonio? And uh, Paul Heyman, I had discussed with my son. You know, Paul, we stayed in touch. We were cool, so he knew my son. And I expressed to him, you know, how much it meant to me, you know, for my son to see me. So I was supposed to be used on, on, on Raw on San Antonio. And they had, like, some sort of a tag team match. And Paul Heyman came and said, you against Ray. Okay. And wow. at that point, I thought, like, okay, this is my coup de grace. This is my farewell. I'm great. And, uh, you know, my son was going to be watching. So he was mm -hmm. going to see Daddy wrestle his favorite mm -hmm. wrestler on Raw. So at this point, that's all I could ever dream of. That's all I wanted. At that point, that's all I wanted. And, you know, Ray and I went out there, and we had a good night. I was standing there, and it's Raw, and there's Ray, and, you know, it's like, you know, the crowds. Mm -hmm. Me and Ray did a little spot, and the crowds, you still got it, you know, feeling good. And, uh... At that point, I really thought that that was my last WWE match. And for 
opportunity. They uh, offered me a job as a producer, which I was interested in. But off the heels of that, they had an idea, well, hey, let's, let's do this thing with Drew. And then let's do this thing with Edge. And then let's do this, you know. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be uh, back to, to still be used and, and you know, to still be able to contribute, you know. Because you you have such a character that's iconic. You know, we, we, we've seen it throughout the years. MVP is a legendary character. You guys don't know. It's 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 going to be in the annals of history. So when you see when when we see you on on the mic, I, it's you have such a way of garnering heat. You know, and obviously right now it's during COVID nineteen. There is no crowd. But when right, you are in front of a crowd. Now that's what I was just about to ask. Now he was like, I came back and the crowd was chanting like, "What's it like now?" Like well, like what's the contrast of, of 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 not having a crowd and working and well, I came up from the Indies, so I know what it's like to work for three. I've done that before. Um, it's it really is different though, and one thing that I think people really need to understand: um, professional wrestlers and fans, we have a symbiotic relationship. We go out there and we do things to get a reaction. You give us a reaction and it pushes us to push hard. We want to, we want to entertain you and we want your, your, your praise. So as a result, you know, when that adrenaline is flowing and you have that atmosphere, falling off that ladder, yeah, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt quite as bad, you know, because you, you hear that explosion from the crowd and you got that immediate payoff, like, yes, we did that right. Um, but then... When you have an empty arena and you see like the ladder match that Kofi and Morrison, I'm watching this and I'm cringing because they're doing this in an empty building. Right, so the adrenaline can't they're get you, can't like, push you through. How much That's you why that was my favorite, <laughs> that was my favorite match at WrestleMania because of the sacrifice at that moment. But can you reach that water? Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, like that's missing. So, to some extent. So how are you guys managing that? So I, I'm it's drive, you know, you, you the show must go on, you're gonna perform. And when if you're a professional wrestler, you came up through the ranks, you performed in front of crowds where there was just a handful of people, you know. And where there wasn't that big explosive crowd. Uh, at this stage it's just a dedication to your craft. You know? People are still watching. And we're still entertaining. And you just push through, make it happen. Um, you know, that match that I had with Paulo Cruz. Shout out to Apollo. Shout out to Apollo. Apollo Cruz stepping up, trying to make yeah. his way. You know, I, I jumped on the opportunity to be able to work with him. I said, man, we can you know, do something. I said, let's pick this up. So, um, During that, because we're in an empty building, man, I'm being MVP. I'm talking, man, boy, I'm with you, man. You don't belong, you know, I'm just... And, you know, I'm enjoying that because in a crowd, when you do have a, a big arena, people can't hear that. Right, 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 MVP, right. MVP, 07 MVP was talking trash from start <laughs> to finish. You just couldn't hear it. But as people at the house shows, they heard it the whole time, you know. So... That you know, that's one of the the ways I guess you get around that. You find ways to still you know, add creativity. Definitely added to the matches. Honestly, sit here and hearing the audio, audio 
it, without the crowd there, I, from a viewer standpoint, it does add to the match. I think. Yes. Yeah. I, it, I, so we're we're kind of in the minority of wrestling fans where it kind of is enjoyable not having fans semi hijack a match where oh, I can yeah. kind of like pay attention to the psychology of a match or. Mm-hmm. I can watch transitions and stuff like that because right yeah and think like things that I want to kind of enable myself with I kind of can do that now you know what I mean but I do know as a fan if Florida would have held up and told us we could have went to Tampa I would have been there <laughs> so I you know what I mean so I, you know, so I think a lot of people would have <laughs> so I don't, I don't I don't know you know I'm talking about both sides of my neck yeah. here so um, now, with you know, we want to kind of talk about the business side of how COVID is affecting. But here on our show, we kind of love to get the, the personable of a wrestler if we ever did get to talk to one. So, how has COVID nineteen affected you as far as life goes? You know, you, you do have a little one. Houston is not it, it, it's not the best of yeah places to be at during yeah. the pandemic. Dude, I've just been you know following the guidelines, practicing common sense washing my hands a lot, using hand sanitizer when I travel, I wear a mask, I use lots of hand sanitizer, I don't wear gloves, but I'll go so far as to carry disposable tissues, okay. I use those to, you know, touch, you know, um, on the flights, the flights have been empty, so you know, I'm on a plane that goes 130 people and there's seven people on it, so you're all yeah. distanced out, um, and, and that's how I've been handling it, uh, you know, I, I still big time to spend time with my son but his family's been uh, his grandparents live with them so they've been really uh, good about maintaining their uh, social distancing and uh, keeping uh, keeping them safe so you know, fortunately you know, I'm healthy I'm fine and you know hopefully we'll all be able to get back to whatever normal <laughs> is you know <laughs> I know everybody wants to get out. Everybody wants to get back to life, and and hopefully we can all do this together soon, and then be healthy and get back to concerts and and and, and pro wrestling shows and bars and, and lounges and all that good stuff. Now, I mean, and 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 leading right into the next question, business, right? Like the normal. Like what what do you think the the new normal kind of will be with the state of the business now that we're kind of seeing the value of TV and stuff like that, uh, but also losing. The, how, how how do you how do you think? I don't. the future the. I think the future is is fine. I think like anything economically, this impacted the entire globe. So there's going to be, you know, your your rip, the ripple effect. You know, okay, people are hurting. People aren't able to work. You know, businesses are closing, and it's rough for everybody. I, you know, I live in Houston, which is an oil economy. Lots of people got laid off. You know, mm. there's, there's a lot going on. But I think that already, you know, cities and states are moving to take steps to to try to open economies. And with that, they're also trying to put in place certain safeguards where they're saying uh, certain establishments can open at a fraction of their capacity. Okay. You know, restaurants maintaining distance between the tables, um, trying to get the economy back going, but still trying to, to pay attention to social distancing guidelines and the protocols and, and to stop the spread. So I think that in 
the very near future, we'll get to a point where we'll slowly... I, I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, okay, everybody can go outside now. I think just as it was incrementally rolled out, it'll be incrementally reeled back in. And, you know, hopefully, you know, by you know, this time next year, it was all a terrible, terrible dream. Yeah, I just hope that everybody's going to keep the safeguards so we can get to a point sooner than later where we can come and congregate and do things like wrestling shows and concerts and all the like. You know, so, um, but through this time, you know, um, it's just been, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been a roller coaster, you know. Um, it, and it, when it comes to wrestling community, I think that it's been nice having you guys, you know, you know, yes, and, and yes, we yes, appreciate it, yes, you know, yes. during this time because yes. it's a lot of things shut down, NBA, NFL, uh, yeah. and, you know, MMA, everything shut down. The world's, I think that's, we, we, I think I, I of course, is I'm, I'm making a joke, but like, I tweeted, maybe Vince is God. Because going back to that 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 storyline, because like nothing impacts his business, bro, bro. Nothing impacts, and like we had, of course, you know, our sensibilities about it, like you know. But at the end of the day, we are appreciative that Vince put his head down, put his nose to the grindstone, as a coach would say, and push forward, and 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 of course, yeah, you have. <clears throat> like anything, man, nowadays everything is so polarizing. Right. Yeah. You have those people that go, man, I'm so happy that these people are making these kind of sacrifices to give mm -hmm. us entertainment. And then you have the extreme opposite where how dare they, they should be home and <laughs> nobody should. Um, and, and I get it, you know. And then you have the people that say, well, how come they can, but they can't. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. You, you've got all of that. My job isn't to be concerned about that part, my job is to make sure that when they ask me to perform, I give the best possible performance I can give so that the people who are sitting home watching and looking to be entertained are entertained. Yeah. That's the, you know, that, that's my, my focus. And I do my part, like I said, with social protocols, you know, social distancing and all of that stuff. So on, on that point. So has your role on Raw, has your role on Raw been impacted? Uh, um, during this time, friend, um, I you can't come like you said. Royal Rumble came back. You had a few matches. You did a few VIP lounges. Now it seems like you're a staple on on, yeah, on, on they, Raw. They keep yeah. asking me to come back. You know, people said MVP. I thought you retired. And, and to be very clear, I never said I retired. Okay. okay I thought that match with Rey Mysterio, and I said very specifically my last WWE match. Okay. I thought okay, I was going to move okay. into a position as a producer, okay. and then. Keep all because uh, the deal that I had in place with WWE, they were very cool about letting me meet all of my independent obligations. Okay. So all the bookings that I had for the year, they were like, "Man, go ahead, take care of your bookings. We'll work the schedule so we can work with you." They were very accommodating. So I was just gonna knock out my indie dates and just move into my role as a producer, and you know I was gonna be happy with that. That was I felt like that match with Ray was a great you know yeah. end to that chapter. I was cool with that. And then they said, hey, can you come back and do this thing with, with Drew? I'm like, yeah, of course, I'd love to. Let me and Drew go way back. And then, oh, now can you do this match with Drew? Yeah, yeah all right. So, like I said, I never retired. But, you know, people ask me, I'm like, yeah, as long as they keep paying me, I'll keep coming back. Well, you're setting the stage for the future, you know, and I, and I think that you're working, like you said, you're working with Apollo. 
and you work with Drew and you are giving back to the business at this in this time and that's special you know um, speaking of like you know your lineage because right, right now you're a veteran do you, how, your role being the age or you know being behind the scenes how's it how's it, you've been working with that like how do you like it like how do you yeah how's that transition, transition from for you? A lot of like Barry Bonds is not a good coach, right? Barry Bonds, is a, <laughs> Barry Bonds is one of the greatest hitters of all time, but he can't tell somebody how to hit. As yeah. far as you being a great performer and being able to talk on the mic, uh, you know, like CT said, garnish a reaction from the crowd. People who are semi, I guess, struggling in that aspect. Um, how, how are you fitting into that role of being a, a mentor? I enjoy it. I was very fortunate that when I was coming up, there was just. Uh, man, a who's who of, you know, Hall of Famers and, and, and greats and unknown indie greats, you know, guys who were awesome, but you just never heard of them okay. that, that contributed to, to my upbringing so, in, in, in wrestling. <clears throat> so I had so many people give that time to me. I'm very grateful to be able to return that, you know, the, the knowledge that was shared with me. I'm, I'm happy to give it to those who want it and who are willing to, to put it to, to, to use and, and apply it. And my time in WWE, especially with some of the younger guys, it's it's so humbling for me when I'm see when guys come up to me and tell me like, Yeah man, I used to watch you and you were my favorite or oh, you know, I remember and then ask me for advice. Hey, what do you think about this? Or the fact that, you know, in, in my role as as a producer, it's my job to mm, say, Hey, yeah. do this this way, don't do this that way, you know. So, because, you know, that is my, 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 my area of expertise, the mic and presentation, I don't teach anybody how to do a promo. I'll just take people and, and try to help them improve what they've got. Because mm -hmm. I feel the best promos always come when you're being you right. with the volume cranked all the way up. Okay. When you look at The Rock... That's Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> he got the fucking volume all the way up. I could imagine a young Dwayne at the that's, University yeah, of Miami talking hell of Exactly. <laughs> that's where he got all that from. Rudy Poo. That, that's all that Miami talk. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's Steve, man. He just got the volume cranked all the way up. You know, MVP. That's me. I just got fucking volume. So I always tell people, promo wise, and that's the one thing I do. Just hey. Yeah, I, I can show you subtleties and placement, you know, how you, you know, pause here, you know, facial expression there, but that's that's more of a thing that you, I can help you okay. shape it, you know, yeah. and I enjoy that, you know, when somebody goes, hey, you know, that was cool when you suggested to say this that way and take that pause, man, mm -hmm. that really helped me, oh, cool, man, I'm glad I was able to do that, so. What, what ingredients goes into making, you know, uh, a star, you know, in, in the business, you think? Right now, because it's, it's it's different from 07. It, it's it, right. It's yeah, different it's making a star in 07 than it is now. Oh, when you say making a star or the ingredients? The ingredients, what, 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 what it takes to be a star. Because fundamentally, that hasn't changed. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're looking for a star, you're not looking for the best wrestler. You're not necessarily looking for the best looking wrestler. Like you said, there's a recipe you need a few attributes to make a star so yeah you do need somebody with the athletic prowess and physical wherewithal to put on exciting matches okay and and aesthetics matter mm -hmm. you know Braun Strowman 
I'm sure he thinks he's a good looking guy, but he might not be what traditionally what you would figure the most handsome guy, but he's a very manly, manly, big bearded giant of a man. <clears throat> Aesthetically, when he walks into a room, oh wow. Right. <clears throat> um I think in, in, in this day and age, this is a digital age, this is the media age, but professional wrestling has always been about talking people into the yes. building. Yes. Talking people into watching. Right. And that is a, a characteristic that you can't do without. The star has to be able to, to captivate a crowd, to yeah. talk to them, to develop a relationship with them. So, um, charisma, you know, professional wrestling is a narcissistic business. Yes. You have to, yes. have to have a certain level of confidence okay. if you want to perform at the top. And everybody wants to be at the top. Or at least, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I know my philosophy was, why are you lacing up your boots if you don't at least want to try to be the main event? Yeah. Everybody can't be the main event. You know? <clears throat> but don't you want to try to be there? You know? And you have to have a certain level of, of confidence to be able to get in there and you put all of that together and I think that's the, the perfect makings of a star. But oh, and, and there, there, but there does have to be, a, uh, in my opinion, there does have to be a certain level of, of humility. Okay. Now, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but this leads into CT's favorite portion of MVP's career. You taking that quality as you have, taking it to TNA, and how did that come about? Because you were captivating as hell on the mic during that time frame. I mean, what you guys created with BDC, honestly, I think it's very underrated. I think it spoke, I think that had a lot, probably from the out looking, outside looking in, probably had a lot of elements of you in there. Uh, and um, it seemed authentic, you know. I think that it created Bobby's best run of his career. You know, I think there was a lot attributed to that era. So I was curious as to how you approached wrestling at that time and how that came about. Ah, uh, that was a very fun time period for while it lasted. The way that came about, low key. <laughs> this is his new t shirt. Pick it up now at lowkey.com. That's L-O-W hyphen K-I dot com. Order one, buy one. It's cool as hell, and it's not that cheap material. It's that, that nice plush cotton that drapes just right. Yeah, order two or three of them. Um, we have always had this saying, like, in pro wrestling, like, what's better than making money with your friends? Okay. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You gotta work. Unless you're rich, everybody gotta work. So you gotta work, man. Why not work and make money with people you like? You know. Yeah. So um, as things worked out at the time, I had returned from Japan, took a year off, and um, schedule-wise, TNA offered me a spectacular deal, and. I said, all right, you know, WWE told me the door was open for me to come back one day. So I said, all right, let me, let me take this route. And we had a talk about creatively some things that, that we would be willing to do. And I'll give credit where it's due. 
um, they were they were allowing a lot of people at that time to really uh, contribute creatively. Okay. Direction. They were really open to suggestions and ideas, and they were very open to my suggestions and ideas for what we were doing with, with the group. And it came about because they used to see us hanging together all the time. <laughs> yeah, every time we see these, you know, they're, they're hanging out together, especially in Japan. When we went and did the show, when uh, Impact went over to Japan, uh, one of the writers was saying, man, every time I look up, I see Joe and, and, and Key and MVP, mm-hmm. you know. So <clears throat> we're like, yeah, man, if we're just hanging out and having, you know, let's, let's do something with it. So... I pitched the idea of, well, I, no, I'm not going to lie, I didn't pitch the idea, but we talked about an idea of doing the thing where Bobby gets kicked out and, you know, with the, the group transitions. Because yeah. officially, I didn't want to have a name. We all agreed, me kidding and Bobby, okay. we didn't want to have a name for the group. Okay. Somehow it became MLK. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny was the one that actually came up with the name because they wanted now, the, now they wanted our faction to have a name. Okay. And we were trying to come up with something and <clears throat> we were uh Sam Roberts. Shout out to Sam. He uh, Really? Yeah, we were on his show. Okay. Me, Key, Homicide, and Joe. Alright. And we were all just talking about how we all came up in the Indies around the same time. We were okay. boys, you know. And Sam Roberts says, so basically, you guys are like the Wu-Tang of pro wrestling. Ah. Boom. Like, yes, yes, we are. Uh, the way I had it figured, low-key is the Jizza. Of course, Homicide is ODB. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had Joe in as Raekwon. Okay. And, you know, I'm Tony Stark's the Iron Man. Ghost. But off of that, you know, we came up and Kenny was like, "Oh man, what about like Beatdown Clan?" Mm. Like, has a little ring to it, man. Beatdown Clan, BBC, and um, it worked, you know. And then we came up with the from the influences of me and Loki and and Joe being in Japan, the idea with the Oni mask and the whole samurai, you know, just. And it all came together, and it worked, man. Yeah, it was definitely a moment for uh, for TNA at the time, and that's what you, you want is the things that you can remember, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that was a moment. You were real. You said nigga on TV. Like, <laughs> 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 now speak now now us as my favorite is uh, is like low key and kid because they didn't know I was gonna do that. Okay, oh, okay. that was one of those things. Where I was like, man, I'm just gonna ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah. You know? So they had no idea. Was, yeah. yeah. So and you see Kenny, you, at, you see Kenny in the background go. Do <laughs> you know how hard it is to find that clip on YouTube? We had to do some digging to find that, man. They tried to scrub that from the thing. Now, as creatives, you know, um, as creatives, how liberating is that to, 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 because to, we're, as artists, we're sensitive about our shit. You know what I mean? So, like, how liberating is oh, it my, to, my, to, my. To, <laughs> to 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 have your influence, to have your vision, and for it to have resignation through through, through the years Man, of being? It's incredibly rewarding because again, like you know, Kenny and I became friends, and Joe and Key, we had been friends. Okay. So at this point, like 
man, this is great. Like, me and my boys got yeah. a faction, and, you know, we got ideas, and, and they're hearing us out, and it's working. And, yeah. and, you know, again, anytime I've been very fortunate in my career, you know, I got the gift of gab. So everywhere I've been, they've always given me the mic, and they've just said, hey, man, go, here's what we want. Go say this the way you would okay. say it. And, you know, I, I had that kind of freedom, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. For whatever, you know, creative head-butting and, and, and management, you know, issues that, <laughs> that transpired there in the end, for that period, it, the relationship was really cool because, you know, they, 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 they let us have fun. Yeah. And I think everybody else had fun, too, because people always say, like, oh, that was one of the best times for that, that show. And, you know. I wanted to ask real quick... Um, prior, you know, you run with WWE, you had a, a moment with WrestleMania angle, a WrestleMania run where you're going to face Chris Benoit, and he wasn't there. How did you manage to build a whole angle on your own practically? Do you remember that time? <laughs> and like, because he was injured, I think, at the time. Um, and it's funny, man, because I don't, I, until Chris mentioned it to me, I didn't remember that, that whole build-up. I hadn't thought about it in so long. But I remember you know, working with the, the writing department, and they were doing the thing where each week they brought out some world, you know, some yeah. made-up world champion from different places. And I'm, you know, B, uh, BT Bukabongo. <laughs> I think that was D-Ray. I can't pull it up today. And, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, he was, was yeah, Cedric he was von Hausen yeah. from Wittgenstein yeah. or something. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, a few of them, you know. So, um, I, thinking back now, it was so incredibly cool that they put that kind of trust in me because you know I was uh, just off the Indies and you know right. Vince was like, "No, this kid, I like what he can do, so let's give him an opportunity." So they just kept putting the mic in my hand. And that's a huge investment. They're giving you TV time. Yeah, They're going to yeah. give you the mic right. and say, go right. out there. Right. And I was very fortunate That's still again. investing time in. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, that's... I would, I would sit down with the writers, and the writers would say, okay, here's what we want for this segment. Now, we can't, you know, obviously write for you, but just, you know, here's bullet points, get a general idea, we look at it. And then I said, okay, you know, this is mine. And then I would just go out there and make it MVP. So so we 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 want to go ahead and pivot that into what's probably going to be the closing of the the interview. You spoke on it and it led up to this point. The ingredients for us making a star. Um, you just spoke on how you've always had the ability to to be able for someone to invest in you with TV time as far as mic time. Is that, do you work, we love black wrestlers, and we don't see the opportunities in the business given to guys like you or Booker in the past 25, New Day just now kind of has preceded themselves into that realm. When it comes to star making ability, um... How do you how 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 can we get more of of us in that limelight? Now, uh, I think the first thing that popped into my head at that moment was Tyler Perry. Didn't he just drop a bunch of money to build some studios in Atlanta? Yeah. 
Tyler Perry said, hey, I'm going to start making movies the way I want to make them for who I want to make them for. And, you know, people get really sensitive about, you know, issues of race and culture. But there are certain things that, you know, you have Bollywood. Those movies are made for people from India, primarily, who speak that language and who are accustomed to that. Everybody creatively, you know, makes something that, that, that resonates culturally to them to them so I don't see any issue. I remember years ago you had Urban Wrestling Alliance mm. where you had to go look that up go find that you had, I'm gonna you know, Google that the Rough Riders and you had uh, wrestlers coming out aligned with hip hop and you had a DJ was playing the entrance music and people were coming out the problem with that as I recall was that you had it was a, a very TV there were no wrestling people behind mm. the show they brought in some wrestling people, but you had writers kind of, you know, trying to turn actors into wrestlers. and You had a lot of wrestlers involved, and there was a lot of potential, but it just didn't quite. Um, but to answer that question, you know, hip-hop and wrestling is, is, is awesome. So, you know, boom. For that, do what we've always done. Create our own. And... If you look at the landscape of professional wrestling, it's becoming a very do-it-yourself yes. thing. I mean, WWE is the empire. They are the global brand of recognized professional wrestling. But now there's been a renaissance. You've got all these other companies popping up. You know, the indies are busier than they've ever been. Like, there's a resurgence of wrestling. And there's good wrestling everywhere. You, we can debate, you know, what's good and what's bad. We can debate this generation versus that generation. But at the end of the day, if you enjoy wrestling, just watch it. Yeah. And, you know, do you like burgers? Or do you like McDonald's? If you like McDonald's, go eat McDonald's. Enjoy your McDonald's. If you like burgers, go to Five Guys. Go to In-N-Out. Go to Burger King. Go to Checkers. Spread it around. But at the end of the day, just enjoy wrestling. Yeah, and as you say, there is a lot of options on the menu now. Yes, yes. You know, that have opened up. You know, so it, it, there is options. And I think as wrestling fans, we, we kind of get lost in that. You know, there's, there's this entitlement of, all right, I want to see what yes, I want to see. Yes, yes, But at the same time, there is many options. So there are other places that you can, you know, take dabble in and view. Like, you know, so New Japan, like you worked there, first IWGP champion. The yes, I, I didn't want to interrupt him because he mentioned Japan like 11 times. But I wanted to, <laughs> listen, the first ever, listen, listen, your current <laughs> intercontinental champion right now, Tetsu Naito, the first one's right here, man. Shinsuke? The first one's right here, man. Right? I, I, Kota Ibushi? This one's right here, man. You know what I mean? Like the, the very first one, I, I man. Think, I think I'm the only professional wrestler to hold a submission victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh. I think. And since he retired, that's it. Shinsuke, you can't even <laughs> get your rematch back. <laughs> <laughs> he can't no receipts, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I got that out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no nah, man, you know what? <clears throat> really, I, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful time, all things considered. Because even though I say this all the time, I'm a classically trained professional wrestler, okay. and 
everything evolves. Yeah. When I came into business and I started, you had, you know, ECW, the Attitude Era, and you had guys, oh, you guys don't know what you're doing. You're doing all those flips and crashing through tables <laughs> and killing the business and you're doing it wrong. And <clears throat> apparently, we weren't. Every generation says the next generation is doing it wrong. Shout out to Joey Janela who just <laughs> elevated that, man. Yeah, yeah, so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of intergender wrestling, for example, because I come from a different mindset. I'm thinking, when I approach professional wrestling the way I came to it, it's simulated combat. Okay. You don't have intergender combat. No. But... There's this new generation that is approaching professional wrestling from this is scripted entertainment. It's the video game, cosplay generation. So it's a different mindset. Yeah. So I'm not going to say they're wrong because thousands of people are buying tickets to see that, to exactly. participate in that. So this comes back to my original point. There's a market for it. If people are buying it, then do that. You know, Go there. Enjoy that. But I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, that's garbage. I hate it. I don't care for it. You know what? I don't watch it. Okay. As we all say, we always say on the podcast, it's wrestling is very subjective. Yes. There's so many exactly. elements. And it's a very complex thing, this thing we call wrestling. It's, it's you know. It's, so, it, we, it like, it's, it's oh, so man. many shades of gray. It's so many shades. And like CT was just about to say, it's complex, but yet simplistic. <laughs> this is the greatest form of theater. As a film student, there's no greater form of theater than watching wrestling. Well, years ago in Tampa, there was a bunch of uh, guys that I don't I don't remember the details of it. I just remember there was a bunch of guys that somehow got booked on on on, on a tour that went over to China. And this is early two thousands. <clears throat> I don't remember who did it, but I just remember when some of the guys came back telling us that wherever the show was. It was, a, it was a packed stadium or something. But these people didn't really know wrestling. So it must have been some sort of a paid show or something. And, but they had never seen American Pro Wrestling. So the guys went out there and they told the timeless tale of the good guy and the bad guy. Tiger Chung Lee famously said, I teach you secret to business. Babyface, hands forward, heel, hands, back. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. If you take two professional wrestlers that know how to tell a story, you can go in front of a bunch of people in China who've never seen wrestling and don't speak English, and in just a few minutes, you can condition them to know this guy we boo, this guy we cheer. And if you do it right at the end, when the good guy wins... They're going to cheer because the hero overcame the obstacle. Mm. That's what professional wrestling has always been, that story. And that story is as old as mankind itself. It's universal. It is universal. It's <laughs> universal. Before we get out of here, we do want to talk about um, your yeah, out-of-wrestling ventures real quick. Um, well, before, we, we were, we've been in communication for a long time. Uh, going back to your one man show in, in oh, London, where we tried to book, tried to book <laughs> yeah, you for, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah. yo, come on the show and tell us about that. But um, you know, TED Talk, the, the TED, TED, TED Talk, yeah. TED Talk. Um, CNN. Um, you got yeah. your, you got your purple belt. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, that's so. So tell us what 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 else? Oh, the silver, the silver medal. What's, what's what's life outside of wrestling? What what I know you got your son number as like I know number one priority, but what 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 is what is well, what is keeping your wheels kind of regarding? Uh, I, I I I train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm, I'm also very competitive. I haven't done a tournament in a while, but um, I competed at the Masters World Championships, the Purple Belt Division, Ultra Heavy. Come on and. Uh, Talk your stuff real quick. I made it to the final round. Uh huh. And I faced Orlando Bacino. Say that name one more time. Orlando Bacino. Look him up. Okay. <clears throat> He's from Argentina. He's a four-time judo Olympian. Won a silver medal in the Pan Am Games. That's who I faced in the final round for the gold medal. A four-time judo Olympian, and he never took me down. <laughs> He got me scrambling a couple times. I lost <clears throat> one time, twice. He hit a foot sweep, and I almost. <laughs> but I regained my footing. He couldn't take me down. I couldn't take him down. Time ran out. He won a referee's decision. I can't dispute the referee's decision. Yes. You know, in that situation, it was we give a it to John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where if if I had won that gold medal. My professor was going to promote me to brown belt. Oh. But I got that silver, and I was like, ah. So for the time being, I'm still, I'm, I'm still a, a purple belt. But the cool thing about that is it's not the belt. It's the knowledge behind the belt. Okay. Okay. Um, so you got the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, that's filling up your time. Um, I'm, I've been back, as we said, working with WWE in multiple capacities, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, managing VIP lounge. So that's fun. You know, I'm having enjoying that. You know, I wasn't so sure that I'd ever make it back to WWE, and you know, just I, as I said earlier, I came back just for my son, and it, it turned into uh, me getting a lot of airtime. So Are you I'm enjoying the time back? And I'm having a great time, man. There's so many. Uh, so many new faces that I'm, I'm like, what? It's a great locker room. You know? Like, I'm on Raw, so you know, the Street Profits. I man, I love those dudes. They're yeah, awesome. they're, they're, my, they're big yeah. fans. Yeah. Alistair Black, man, he's dope, man. Sharp cat. I like talking to him. Uh, uh, the Viking Raiders, those dudes. I love watching them. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Viking Raiders. Yeah, you know, sure. you know, Ricochet and Cedric. Man, you just got a great locker room. Everybody's really cool, and. It's uh, it, and for me it was just very welcoming. You know, everybody's oh, you be so you know, and even you know behind the scenes crew people that you yeah. don't know, who were always very warm and endearing. You know, so, oh man, so good to see you back. You know, so it's been magnificent for me, man. Um, well, we're um, glad to have you back, man. Yeah, uh, cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm gonna relaunch the VIP Lounge podcast. That's okay. that's gonna come up. You know. Greeny, uh, a guest of you guys. Come on. First interview. Yeah. First interview. Shout out to Greeny. <laughs> Alex Greenfield, thank you so much. So 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 you got you kinda got your got your hands full. Man, my life is good, man. My it's life good. is wonderful. I'm, I'm I'm thrilled. And you know, at this stage of the game, man, I'm 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 still contributing and in pro wrestling and I I'm, I have a a very active and a wonderful life. So, you know, I, 
I'm playing with the house's money, dog. You know, I was supposed to be dead a long time ago, but I'm still here. You know, well, thank so. you for contributing. I appreciate it. And I'm sure all your fans appreciate it across the globe. For sure. Fans, two of them right know, here. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so, thank you very much. Thank thank you. Thank you for no, taking it. Good, good to be here, man. You know, we go way back. Man. Thank, this guy's all right. <laughs> thank you for taking the time out. Um, we, we, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, as, we, we on the clock too. As, he got his hall pass. As, 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 as wrestlers say, we got the rub. You know what I mean? And we definitely do appreciate that. And he's not lying. My clock is ticking. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap that up. And uh, thank you so much. It was thank a pleasure, you. man. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Have fun. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.